Hi, I'm Darren Hemming, and welcome to the Cloud Design Box podcast uh, on user adoption. And here with me today is Jonathan Bishop, who is the CEO of Cornerstone Academy Trust. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Darren. Good to be with you today. Thanks for taking the time to see us. And um, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about about your your schools, your about your trust? Yeah, um, we're based in Devon, uh, so a nice part of the world, just on the edge of Exeter and also in North Devon. Uh, there's about an hour apart, so we get the best of the South Coast and the North Coast, uh, Dartmoor and Exmoor. So beautiful part of the world. And we've got um, four schools within the Trust, all primary schools, and each of those schools uh, actually comes together digitally and operates, therefore, as one school. One school, four campuses. Now, that's not true in terms of a DFE number or inspection yet. I hope one day it might be, but one organisation. And that means we, at every level, we pool our money. Um, we um, employ people to the trust. Uh, we redeploy people across our schools fluidly. But we get a high degree of collaboration uh, by children across the trust working on a shared curriculum and shared opportunities um, and the children connect using their one-to-one -one devices so they've all got a microsoft surface go they have a bluetooth um, connected wireless headset um, that is noise reduction so it cuts out some of that background noise and they might be using teams calling screen sharing multi-authoring on document obviously the class notebook at the heart of a Microsoft team using assignments, grade books, um, analytics within teams now. In fact, uh, those that insight tool becoming really powerful to a teacher to look at that student engagement, the completion of work, the tracking of assignments, um, but also reflect getting children now to be able to real time in their classrooms, uh, share how they're feeling. We're looking at that well-being of children and um, digital assessments to really track children's progress. Uh, but more than just progress, uh, those barriers to learning, understanding how they're feeling so that we can really triangulate the support uh, that a child needs um, based upon good, clear evidence. So um, that that has enabled our schools to operate in a way where sometimes we might have a class of over a thousand children. Who would imagine it? Eh? Uh, maybe you might have a, an author like this year. I uh, delivered an assembly to actually all of the children in the trust, 1,500 children all connected in. And we went the day before the coronation to London virtually from our television studio. A bit of humour there. But we had Michael Morpurgo as an author online, and we were able to have this really dynamic um, lesson where every child could participate. We we ran a Kahoot quiz as part of it, but we might tailor that down to a one-to-one -one, uh, mentoring program using Microsoft Teams to share the work and support a child to get better. So a class size could be anything from one to 1,500 children at the moment. And that blended learning approach being brought into the classroom, um, where at the heart of it actually is teaching the obvious, reading. If you can't read, you're gonna struggle to write. Those core literacy skills, but in using the power of 
technology. So our four schools come together for Microsoft. We've entered their showcase school program, all four schools. So we're one of their showcase system um, organisations and we're working with them on this um, embedded technology in in the hands of the children in their classroom. We're an English hub uh, for the Department for Education, supporting schools in the teaching of reading. Uh, and that's very relevant because we're teaching phonics um, rigorously through a systematic approach, but we've also got those digital tools and things that we're going to talk about, I'm sure, such as reading coach and how that might fit in with that English Hub program. But we're a, yeah, we operate a science learning partnership, a computing hub, a behaviour hub. And so our model of education um, has got some really traditional features of high expectations, good behaviour, teaching of reading but utilising the power of AI, one-to-one devices um, in a modern, uh, some may say even futuristic environment. Yeah, for, for, for sure. Well, let's 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 dip into that, um, the, those digital tools. Obviously, you've got things in place like, well, Class Notebook. I, I know that you've been using Class Notebook for, 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 for many, many years because we've been working with you on that. Um, and I know that you've you've had the one to one devices um, and I know that things like immersive reader, for example, have been very, very important uh, within within class notebook. But more recently, Microsoft have produced the um, learning accelerator tools so that, that that's the coaches and the progress things. So it's, you know, search coach, uh, reading progress, um, maths coach, um, uh, speaking coach all, all those things and it's like you say you know you, you kind of you have your basic sort of your basic literacy your, your basic numeracy um and it's quite interesting because you're almost talking about wellness as a kind of literacy as well um yeah. through things like the, the 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 reflect tool so all those things come together and of course that creates a very cross-curricular view because if you if you can read and you can do maths and you can present yourself well and you can search for stuff that you need to find um, that obviously feeds into all the topic work that, that that you do across the curriculum as well. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you're specifically using those digital tools to, 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 to improve teaching and learning? Yeah, we obviously the ecosystem, as we might might call it, that you're in. Uh, I think the beauty of what we're developing and building as a as an approach to education with a one-to-one -one device, I've often said uh, we give them a pen, a pencil, a ruler and a computer. So seeing this as a powerful tool uh, sat on their desktop, it's not about doing everything on a computer. Um, and nor is it the computer replacing good quality teaching. You can't be great teachers in front of uh, children to get great outcomes. And certainly a lot of talk about AI and is it going too fast and the dangers of artificial intelligence replacing people and taking away jobs. Um, I think that's a far cry actually from what's happening. We're seeing this raft of uh, tools and it's interesting they've named them as a sort of the accelerator suite. It's providing that those elements that are really hard in a classroom for a teacher with 30 children to be able to do. 
Um, so, for example, if we took Reading Coach and you want to listen to a child read and to support them in their reading, to be able to do that one on one, if you gave them five minutes, well, you can do the maths, five minutes for 30 children, how much of your school week is gone? It, it becomes unworkable in a class. So uh, the way I've started to think about this is um, there's been a national tutoring program and post COVID really trying to, as it were, catch children up. And I thought about what does tutoring mean? And tutoring obviously is that one-on-one -on -one or small group um, going back over and re-explaining things. Of course, there's lots of online materials you can re-watch. So we record our lessons and um, embed that recording um, from stream back down into the class notebook and as part of the assignment. So if you've missed the lesson, or you haven't understood the lesson, you can re-watch those uh, parts of the lesson where that instruction, that tutoring, that teaching was taking place. And you can um, get your head around the resources that are in OneNote and watch um, other embedded video. You can use, as you said, Immersive Reader to read the instructions to you. So in your own pace, you're accessing the teaching. And that's not replacing the teacher. The teacher still delivers that interactive lesson. In one sense, tutoring teaching. I've then looked at the idea of mentoring, and we've got a strong mentoring program. Every child has a mentor. What happens in a mentor meeting? And that might be one-on-one -on -one sat in a room, or it might be using a uh, the video tool. So we, I might mentor, a child in one of the schools from my office, we join, just like in lockdown, we join a Teams meeting and we have a conversation and we share screens. But what we're talking about is how's school going? How are you getting on and progressing? Show us your, your grade book. We'll look at the reflect tool and talk about, I see that you've been worried about that new piece of work. What's causing your anxiety? Shall we have a look at your piece of writing. Shall we read it together? And that's coaching. It's coaching is helping someone get better, understanding where they've gone wrong. That's that's of course part of teaching, but splitting that out one on one. So not coaching. That's mentoring. That's yeah. supportive. That's about well-being. But the coaching part, which it leads into, actually is about helping that child see where they've gone wrong, showing them how to get it right, that they might improve. You might call it practice makes perfect. That's listening to every child read. That can be marking a piece of work together, and that can be really hard and time consuming to get. So a mentoring program, are they in the right state of mind? Are they feeling positive? Are they making progress? Do they know they're making progress? Tutoring, explaining, coaching, that's that one-on-one -on -one help. And that's where this suite of accelerator tools can become really, really powerful. Sorry, Darren, I cut across. Yeah, yeah no, I was, I was going to say, uh, one thing that's always struck me is that um, going back to my own childhood, sorry, this isn't therapy, but get, get, get going back to my own childhood, <laughs> I, I've realised things in, in, in later life that 
I, I could have done better at this. I could have done better at that. For example, I, I should have been a lot better at maths than I was. And I look back now, I, th I do loads of maths. You know, we work with computers and code and stuff. And I think, well, I, I'm quite good at it. Why did I only get so far? It's because there were just little switches that never got switched. L little moments that, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've decided I'm going to be good at French, but I'm not, I've decided I'm not good at maths. Um, or, or there were particular things I didn't understand. And, and, and I think mentoring, it seems to me, is where you look at what a student is doing and you try and find those moments. You try and find those levers and go, do you know what, if I can just switch this on. And we, we do it. It's not just a, a, a school thing. We do it in 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 our business, Jonathan, we we, yeah. we work with people. We have a lot of apprentices and we have young people working and they're very, very good. Very good. Um, and sometimes we're like, you're really good, but you could be so much better at this if you just flip this one switch. Yeah. And that 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 echoed with me when you were talking about. Uh, so mentoring. if I just talk a little bit about the the suite, the accelerator suite of tools and that idea of coaching, because where I'm seeing almost that I, I'm, I'll use the phrase and embedded AI. It's this idea of adaptiveness and reacting to what is happening in a way that is simulating, as it were, that human interaction. And what's really interesting is if you took reading coach as an example, a child can have a text. The teacher might set that text. They select it based upon good assessment. And they put a pair a headset on and what they're doing is that idea of practicing reading reading to a virtual teaching assistant you could say or a teacher and as it's reading it's listening to them and it's highlighting words that they're um stumbling over it's looking at their accuracy it's giving them real feedback if they don't understand a word they're able to click on it and get definitions so that there's no sense of failure here it's not about pass or fail. It's not about a test. It's that idea that I can improve my accuracy and fluency and accuracy are key steps to becoming um, an avid reader. You, you get that decoding part. So, of course, early phonics, that human interaction, teaching children to decode in a really systematic, rigorous way, fundamental. Then you've got this part that we're choosing books and getting that appropriate choice of book. You need a good assessment system. And we're using um, online tools such as um, Accelerated Reader and yeah. um, a star reading test or the GL uh, reading test. So we're trying to get books that they're able to read within their reading age. But if there are words that they're struggling to understand the meaning of the fluency. You need that practice. And of course, going home to read to mum and dad, being the reader at the end of a day to the rest of the class, that group reading, guiding reading, all these different approaches can be great. But actually a one-on-one -on -one device, having a coach, no fear of failure, having a go in at reading and getting that instant feedback and it adapting to them and their level of reading. I think there's immense power in getting that to work. Now you translate that into maths. It's not yet launched, but a maths coach, um, being an American company, I'll probably pronounce it correctly, math coach, um, doesn't seem natural, does it? But a maths coach a um, is, is the same, isn't it? It's that point that often maths can be very uh, right or wrong, 
in its approach. And if the penny doesn't quite drop, you think I've got it, but it's wrong. There's a, a sense of constant failure. Then you get that I hate maths and that anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And what we really want to do is have great maths teaching that gets that cognitive understanding. And it's about developing their uh, cognition, their the language development of what those mathematical words mean. That's good teaching. That's about getting that mastery. And to really get mastery, you now need to go into, I'm going to go and do a load of examples. And one of the problems is if you go away, um, it happens to all teachers, pennies drop, go back to the desk, get distracted by something, come back to it, it's gone. What you want is that coach that says, have a go at this example, practice this. Um, and I think um, a digital tool to enable that will be helpful. Um, if, if we looked at the idea of search coach, well, that's really important, isn't it? If we're wanting that independent study in a safe way, enabling and empowering children to operate in a big, bad, wide world has always been a, an area of debate. It's a, it's a jungle out there right now. Isn't yeah. It? And, and misinformation and false information, yeah. really teaching children how to um, uh, validate that the information they're getting is is appropriate, is correct um, and it's safe. You combine that then with learning to read in those screen readers, combining these tools is really equipping children to exist in this modern world. And in a modern world, you know, and I know, we're having a chat here today. If you can't present your ideas coherently, succinctly, um, if you can't speak with clarity, actually oracy and early language is almost a precursor, isn't it, to learning to read. So I think that oracy built into speaking coach where you can hear yourself and it gives you feedback, it says you keep repeating those words, um, change your phrases, speak a bit faster. Um, you know, I get criticised that sometimes my brain is thinking I'm obviously a bit of a slow thinker and I slow down and don't talk quick enough. And so that idea of not just public speaking, but being confident in who you are to articulate, articulate yourself uh, clearly, you bring that raft of tools together, give a child a, a, a Microsoft Surface, a digital pen, a Bluetooth headset and this tool, this toolkit that will enable them to say, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I need to practice my reading, I'm unsure if this piece of information is right, is giving that level of empowerment and independence to the learner. And I think together as a toolkit, um, combined with a pen, a pencil, a ruler, going to an art room, riding a bike, climbing up a climbing wall, creates a broad, balanced, exciting curriculum where we're putting learning um, in the hands of the children and they become independent, avid learners. That That's the goal, surely, of every teacher in every school. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, uh, teaching and learning, I think you're absolutely right. These, these digital tools and using them correctly uh, massively reinforces and extends the the, the the, the scope of teaching and learning. What what, what about um, digital assessment? How, how do you feel about different ways of assessing things digitally, you know, self-marking things or just literally just doing the work on a computer, but it gets marked by, by, by a 
by a, a, a teacher? I think digital assessment is the way forwards and has got immense power. And I'll, I'll give you a few examples. First of all, I think having a standardized assessment that's done in an exam hall under exam pressure where you're sort of being benchmarked against your peers has been debated for very many years as almost sort of damning on a child's uh, potential and can it work. Actually, we're using the complete digital solution from GL assessments. It's an adaptive assessment. So it's adapting to the answers okay. given as it goes. It's more like putting your headset on again and going to do an online quiz. You can remove that sense of pass and fail. And what we're trying to do is work with children and families to say, where are the areas that we can help you improve on? So any good assessment, obviously the old adage, uh, feed the pig, not weigh the pig, needs to be um, not we keep trying to measure progress as a judgment, but what we want to do is use it in a targeted way to understand where there are children who are not making the progress, why not? So you've got to take the idea of progress in obviously the core English math science, but aligning that with barriers to learning, dyslexia, dyscalculia, um, along with looking at their um, their biases in the way their thinking is, that cognitive thinking. Then you can design um, a curriculum that can be adapted to meet those needs and cover the knowledge that they haven't yet grasped. So if you've got good assessment and align it with these coaching tools, the two combined together become really powerful. If you then starting to take that instant feedback from children through reflect and you go, well, this child hasn't understood something and they are really anxious about it. Is it because I didn't explain it well enough and the penny's not dropped or is it actually you've got to overcome through a good mentoring meeting that worry and anxiety first? What it does is if that data can be pulled into a, a, a clear, quick um, a, a insight into that child, then a teacher can be making that uh, formative assessment that's changing their, their teaching and the planning. And I think that's powerful. What you talked about as well was marking. And I think if a child has got ideas down on a page and you can share a screen and you can go through the work together and be digital linking on the work and self and, and improving it with ideas and then sending them away to do it again. The idea of the grade book with a rubric then is not about you scored 100 percent or eight out of ten that you get that final. But actually what you're doing is saying, here are the success criteria for this piece of work. And then you're teaching children to achieve that so that they actually do get 10 out of 10. Yeah. And that then builds upon it. And the skill of teaching is this. When I first began teaching, I was told this, the secret of success is success. Give a child success and they want more of it. Yeah. An assessment should be about making children successful, not about saying you didn't cut the mark, you failed.
Yeah. And that would be my view where digital assessment can be really a game changer and a, 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 um, a powerful tool in the hands of the teacher. For, for me, it's it's always been about kind of, you know, I used to be a, a language teacher and, and it used to break my heart covering the kids' books in red pen because we, we had a policy, you have to correct everything. Um, <laughs> um, whereas I didn't really like doing it that way. I used to say, right, listen, kids, today we're, we're going to work on the past tense. So we just have to get that right. So that's what I'm looking for today. Uh, and the next time you do a piece of work, I'm going to set a specific success criteria and today we're going to work on our nouns and add, adding s's on the end of nouns if they're plural or that or that that kind of thing yeah. um so you might not necessarily measure every single thing every time it's about focusing the rubric now of course over the the spread of you know half a dozen exercises you might want everybody to be doing everything correctly and hopefully by the by number six they actually everything's come together and they're doing everything properly yeah. and and what's what actually is quite nice in that is in life for most of us are pieces of work that we do and achieve is collaborative even this podcast is collaborative between you and me and and we had a call beforehand we've worked out what we want to discuss and we're working on um our understanding building our ideas together now in education we often focus too much on the individual child and their personal progress. Now that of course is important and that idea of personal best, but you can't throw out though, the fundamental skills that are developed through project work, yeah. where you need to collaborate with others and play to strengths. So I like the fact that you can have group assignments and you oh, can yeah. start to unpick your contribution to the group and you're starting to then look at those personal qualities that we want to develop um, and I think then when you bring that together as a whole toolkit then the real power of technology in education is seen each one in its own right might be useful but brought together in the ecosystem that I talked about at the beginning makes a it's more than a learning platform for assigning work to be done at home. This becomes a way of working that is woven into daily life in a busy classroom. Fantastic. Jonathan, thanks for taking the time to see us today. It's always a pleasure. I think this is about your third visit to the show now, friend of the show. Um, we, uh, some of these things, of course, are, are going to develop, you know, maths coaches coming out. Um, there are some other things that are happening that we can't talk about, but they're fantastic. Um, will you come back at some point in the future and, and, and talk about the progress of, of those new tools as well? I'd, I'd love to. And we're, we, like everyone, are, you know, early adopters at the cusp of these things. And what we've got to do is get them embedded into classroom practice and see the impact that it's having. So I'd be delighted to come back. And as always, Darren, it's been good chatting to you.